0: No! Good afternoon. And welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A Monday is upon us. and you look at the markets, we saw some lower corn, lower wheat, a little bit to the upside on the soybeans in the trade. We're going to kind of dive into what's been going on. And I'm sure it's a little gloomy as well as you look out your window as m- another front is moving across the entire upper Midwest. Darren Fessler is joining us today with Lakefront Futures. And I think, Darren, let's start out there. Uh, the lower numbers that we saw today in the corn and the, be- or in the wheat, excuse me, just kind of leads this lackluster trade and the the trend we've been seeing lately.
1: Yeah, uh, and I'm going to hit on again that it's just this market, when we're talking corn, it's just we're we're lacking any type of direction. Uh, We're well off the lows here, but we're off the highs now. So it's, you know, I think it's just a wait and see mode until that November 8th uh, WASDI report. And, you know, we look at the export inspections here this morning. And we actually, the inspections were greater on the wheat complex than they were the corn, which I don't think that's going to be a, a, a good indication, uh, you know, moving forward for the corn unless something uh, majorly changes around there. We're at, the exports for wheat are re- relatively pretty strong year over year. Um, but, you know, we look at, look at how wheat performed today down again. I think wheat's kind of in the same camp corn is. It's lacking that bullish sediment right now, that, those bullish headlines, uh the, there is some problems obviously and still in, in the dakotas with a little bit of spring wheat out still out there canada you have some issues going on in australia where the estimates keep getting lowered there you know europe right now is not too big of a concern but what i what i'm looking at just from a purely corn export driven uh mindset here where it's just you got exports and the wheat that are outperforming corn i just don't think that that's necessarily a good thing for corn uh Export prospects here uh, as we go forward.
0: Well, l- let's look at this wheat market for a second here, because, <clears throat> excuse me, we know that the storm front had moved through, you know, the Texas Panhandle. Um, we saw the cold snap all the way to Wisconsin. For this winter wheat, is there some nervousness, or is this just a crop that we know we can kill nine times over and still do okay come spring?
1: Yeah, I mean, wheat. Wheat's kind of like, wheat's kind of like that. I mean, it, it's a crop that you can throw a lot at it, like you can throw corn. But, uh, you know, the trade right now is looking for those winter wheat plantings to, you know, come up just a little bit from last week. And those good to excellence right right slightly under 60%. I don't think the trade is overall that concerned right now with, with how winter wheat is looking. Um, but, you know, it's just something to keep in mind and, and watch. I mean, keep in mind as well, too, that, the, that the, the KC and the Chicago wheat markets have had a pretty nice rally. Uh, yes, they're giving some of it back here but so is corn. I mean, everything, and, and, you know, the same thing with the beans, we're just, you know, we've we've ran this market higher on some concerns here this fall, uh, and and now we're just given a little bit of a breather. And I think, you know, if we do have some problems, I think breathers are a healthy thing for markets, just as long as we don't break down too much and have caused too much technical damage here. I I think things are probably still intact, and I think there's enough uh, fundamentals out there, especially on the wheat here around the world. And it, driven by u s exports that that could keep these wheat prices a little bit elevated and probably help corn out in the longer run to keep it from falling too much here and I think that there 's enough uh, issues out there in the corn belt that would warrant probably some yield reductions come that uh, November eighth report
0: you know before we started recording the Fontenelle Final bell the, uh, the discussion of guys leading up to today. We're really pushing it hard, trying to get this crop out of the ground. Now, we've got this cold snap that's moving in, talk of snow and rain, and it just seems like things went to a standstill.
1: Yeah, it really did. I mean, I travel a few, fair bit across the weekend here, and, and there was a lot of guys pushing it pretty hard across Nebraska this week and probably one of the busier weekends of the whole harvest season. And then we do have those, the weather system coming in here this week. It's probably going to slow some things down, as you had mentioned. But I still think there's a lot of guys dealing with some higher moisture corn that is just, you know, it, it's going to be hard for them to get a few more points taken out of it. You know, as far as moisture wise, this time of year when you're you're not dealing with a whole bunch of sunlight, the heat, the the daylight, it, it's going to be difficult as we go forward, maybe to get that last, you know, fifty forty percent out of the crop out of the field but I think that that's a problem that's just lingering on from the problems this that that we had this spring where we had a lot of those late planted stuff maybe not the best drying days uh and it you know that's going to come into play here I think that's one of the reasons why I do think the USD maybe maybe have some corrections yet to do on this this corn yield.
0: Well, it seems like we've got a variety of different pressures in the market this year. I mean, every year we always worry about what our bottom line is, letting it sit in the field and dry down or, or physically dry it down in the bins. But this year, with not knowing what's going to happen globally with trade, do you see an underlying extra pressure going on in this market?
1: I, I do. I, I think it's much more, it, it comes down to if you do have some of those higher moisture corn, Still left in the field, does it come down to it? Really, comes down to economics here. How much do you want to spend and uh, drying it down versus, you know, what the price of corn is? You know, at the, at the end of the day, if you send it to town.
0: What do we see in export number wise uh, for the corn weekly export inspections? I understand we're on the softer side.
1: Yeah, they were on the softer side, but you know they've been this way the entire year, and it, it's just you know we, we have the export sales coming up on Thursday. It, it's just. It seems like it's a weekly occurrence where we're just, for whatever reason, we're not gaining that export business. And whereas we have the problems, we have those concerns, we know we have these concerns as far as the crop is concerned, but we don't have on the other side, we don't have that fundamental backing to drive these prices a whole heck of a lot higher than maybe where they currently have been here recently. Uh, until the USDA starts confirming we do have some of these yield reductions. But I I think it's going to be a tough go at it. Maybe a very neutral, sideways trade at best here for maybe the next four, five, six weeks if we don't get some reduction from the USDA.
0: Well, stick around, folks. we got a lot more to look at. We'll talk a little bit more about what's happening in the soybean side. We'll look at South America, look at some dollar versus foreign currency, as well as the fact that we do have another crop progress report out this afternoon. Any thoughts or excitement that might revolve around that? It's a lot to look at yet this afternoon. You are listening to the Monday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell, right here on the Rural Radio Network. Morning. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Darren Fessler joins us with Like Front Futures. So we have that crop progress report that comes out from the USDA this afternoon. We're getting down to the end of when we're going to have these weekly reports. How much are you guys banking on information as it's released to talk about where we're at harvest-wise?
1: Yeah, overall, I think progress is, you know, it's been it's been a slow progress. It's, it's been in uh maybe not as slow here in nebraska as in other areas of the country but here in the western corn belt you know we missed a lot of those rains last week you know nebraska uh, you know southern iowa missed a lot of that now if you start getting to the eastern corn belt a lot of things were hindered this weekend and so there is going to be a little bit of drag there when when you're talking eastern corn belt but progress right now i don't think we're at a a really threatening point there's many years that we we do drag harvest on into those november at time frame especially this year given how late we had planted stuff in the spring it's almost a given that we're going to have a later harvest um my where my concern becomes for producers would would it be do we get this thing in the middle of november and do we keep having rain or snow and and you know, I would be really concerned if if we can't really get these beans harvested in a matter of you know the next three weeks. We can't get a even we're, we're probably going to be up north of sixty some percent harvested overall in the country uh, as of yesterday. But I mean, that's where my concern would be. The corn can stand for a while here yet. There is going to be some stock quality issues. We've always, we've already seen the wind issues. Uh, so, I mean, we just don't want any more of this because I think there, in areas there is a, is a decent crop, but, you know, we're just – everybody's off from last year. I mean, that's that's a given at this point. But, I mean, I, I'm not too concerned from a market standpoint. I don't think the market is either about the ability to get this crop out just quite yet. I think you're going to have to stretch this on a little bit further for the market really to get too concerned. Uh, I think what's out there, it's out there now. We just got to be able to get it out.
0: It is sure nice to see some some beans moving. Um, we know that the USDA had an announcement of some going to the Philippines. We know that China's back in the market as well, doing some purchases. So some good news for producers.
1: Yeah, I mean the China deal, the, the whole China stepping in and buying things. It's encouraging. Uh, I, I just want to keep things real. That you know these are these are announcements. We the really to see the the real sales is when they're on ships and off our docks. That's the, that's the biggest thing here when it comes to China. Um, it, it's good. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the Brazilian planting progresses on here, how the Brazilian crop comes out basically this whole year. But it'll be very interesting come the January, February time frame. If Brazil does have an okay crop, uh, is China at this point hedging their bets? Is China... Trying to maybe calm the waters right now with the trade talks and the trade, you know, the tensions, and do they start canceling some U.S. orders in in exchange for Brazil? I, I think that's going to be an interesting, complex. And I know there's a lot of people say that uh, China needs those beans. I I do agree with that to a certain point, but then it comes down to economics for China. Can they buy those beans? Can, they, can Brazil supply them at a cheaper price than the U.S.? And then when you start looking at the Brazilian real versus the dollar, I think the dollars maybe have topped out versus what the Brazilian real has right now. And so I look for that dollar to continue to weaken versus real, which will help the U.S. exports. We need all the help we can get there, especially on the corn front. But you know, it's good to see some of these sales in these beans. I do think that that is something that's going to continue. So I do also think the USDA is still a little bit high on that, that bean yield. So I do look for them to probably lower that to probably get additional support underneath this market. It's just where technically we're at on those January beans since the November options came off on Friday. January beans are a very interesting spot technically where they could just they need to find some support here. They're they're kind of trading in no man's land right now to me. So we need to see some encouraging things on the headlines, some more exports to keep these beans elevated until we get some problems or at least verify those yield reductions are coming. Because I, I am quite confident uh, we're probably going to see that in the next USDA report.
0: All right. And that USDA report is going to think, have a lot of heavy weight on it compared to last the October report.
1: I, yeah, I certainly think that. I think they more or less were kind of kicking the can down the road, kind of see how harvest was progressing. And it's, it's almost... It's, it's difficult for me to believe that there's not going to be reductions after they said that they're going to resurvey parts of uh, North Dakota and Minnesota. So that's kind of why I'm thinking that there's probably going to be some, some changes coming here.
0: Well, let's jump over to the livestock side. We did have a cattle on feed report on Friday. Has that led to the quiet trade that we saw on a Monday?
1: Yeah, it really has. I mean, the the cattle and feed report Friday. I mean, it was very very neutral. It came in a lot uh, in line with a lot of the trade expectations. There was nothing new. The market didn't already assume going into Friday's report, and even even today, we've seen a little bit further upside. I think that's just a continuation of a strong trend. I continue the word relentless, and especially when we're talking fat cattle, they, they have been relentless packer margins continue to expand here but we are getting to some levels here where guys can should continue to think about some risk management Uh, we have had a really nice run off these lows here Uh, it's probably something to take a look at
0: what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you darren
1: Yep, they can reach me directly at 402-366-0423, or they can go to our website at lakefrontfutures.com.
0: And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Don't forget, you can get this as a podcast as well through our website at ruralradio.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.